How to get more Facebook likes. If you have been promoting your business, your brand, your product on a Facebook page, you are probably wondering, how the heck do I get more likes, more engagement, more activity on my Facebook page because nothing is happening. Welcome to the Indie Parent Podcast. My name is Amy and I'm here with Desiree. Hi, Desiree. Hello. And we are back with season two. We took a break for the summer and now we have returned with our first episode, which is going to be a fabulous episode that you will not want to miss because we all, I would say all, if we have a business, blog, brand, product, you are probably advertising or you're on Facebook and you want to learn how to reach more users. And Desiree and I have been working really hard to improve the Facebook pages that we manage. And we have finally come up with a great system that we have seen amazing improvement on our pages since we've started it. So we are going to jump into that today. Um, So stick with us, take lots of notes, and just FYI, we're going to write a really awesome blog post after this show that will go through a lot of what we are discussing today with graphics and things so that you can really grasp what we are chatting about. Okay, so let's get started. I'm going to have Desiree share the numbers between the time we started doing this new system with our Facebook pages um, up until today. So, Desiree? All right. So, when Amy said we're going to write a blog post about this, that was her casual way of announcing that we're launching (laughs) the Indie Parent blog. You guys are going to be able to find theindieparent.com, our brand new website that is not totally up right now, but it will be. As soon as, well, it will be now that you're listening to this, so ta-da. There will be a brand new blog, there will be lots of information, there will be ways to join the community and all that jazz, and it's going to be awesome. I'm really excited because that means that you're going to be able to find all of the previous episodes, all the current episodes, blog posts that go with them, and a lot more information. So we're really jazzed about that, and I hope that you'll check it out, theindieparent.com. So I'm going to go over some of the numbers from MomSpark because about seven months ago, we started doing this new system or whatever you want to call it, and we've seen a massive increase with it. So seven months ago, MomSpark's Facebook page was sitting at about 61,000, which a lot of you, if you're just starting out, you're going to think, holy crap, that's a lot of likes. But that is building up since like 2008, since like the dawn of social media. Seven so, years. Seven years. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of that's a lot of time to get to 61,000 considering if you look at the page right now, as I'm recording it, you'll see over 123,000. So if you look back seven months ago on the mom's work page, we see that we had about 64,000 likes, which if you're just starting out, you're going to think that that's a massive number, but that's since the beginning of time on the page. That's everything in the last, what, seven years. Yeah. Seven years. I mean, if you, if you block that out into years, it's not, a crazy, crazy amount, considering the fact that you look at our growth over the last seven months was we almost doubled that. So we've gone from 64,000 way up to 123,000 in seven months. That's just seven, seven months. months. Yeah. It, so we've, we've the, almost oh, doubled in seven months. Exactly. Exactly. And if you look at the seven months before we started the system, do you want to know what the growth was? I'm scared to know. <laughs> 8,000. <laughs> 8,000? 8,000. Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize it was that drastic. Wow. So again, 8,000, you might love to see 8,000. And with this system, now I sound like a car salesman, you are going (laughs) to see that growth. And it's really cool. I also wanted to give you another example from one of my clients with uh, Social Kiss, our social media business that did not start with 64,000 so that you don't think that this is only for people who have are already seen Facebook success. We started this account, it was just a little over a year ago, about 14 months ago, and this is from zero. So for the first seven months, we saw a growth of 850. Not a whole lot going on. I mean, that's a good growth for when you're, that was a brand new blog, a brand new Facebook page, uh, someone who was brand new to blogging and social media, and it was just, it was new. That was just starting from flat. The first seven months saw 850. Once we implemented this and, you know, started doing, well, we're going to tell you what you do. We saw an increase of 13, 
150. So that is significantly more than we saw in the first seven months. And now that's not a mass jump like we saw with Monspark, but considering that we had had 850 in the previous seven months, it's definitely an improvement. And we didn't roll out the sort of system in as full of force as we did with Monspark. We did, we were at about half mast, sort of testing right. some different things. So I'll sort of go into that later, but I want you to know that even if you're starting from nada, and it's like your mom and some cat on your Facebook page, you can still use this system to boost your likes. Yeah, so so like Desiree said, it's all relative. So yes, you might look at 61,000 and think, well, wow, that's I would be happy with that. Like, you know, I'm starting off at zero. That's okay, it's all relative. Um, like Desiree said, they were able to grow, would you say it was how much in seven months? We gained uh, over a thousand, almost 1,400 likes. Yeah, that, so if you kept that up every, so what would that be in a year, you know, might be, you know, close yeah. to double that or whatever. It, it grows exponentially. The more you do what right. we're going to tell you to do, the bigger right. the results get. Yes, so the more likes you keep getting and the higher you get on likes, the faster it snowballs and grows because your reach is increasing all the time. You're like, okay, get to the point. <laughs> we're going to get to the point. The first thing that we're going to do is list all the mistakes that we see that we have done that you may be doing that is killing your Facebook page. And then we're going to go through all the ways to remedy those mistakes. Okay, so I'm going to get started. This is the number one mistake that everyone makes on their Facebook page because we just don't know any better. And that is sharing only our own content on our page. Now, am I blowing your mind right now? Because hello, that's what your Facebook page is for, to share your own content. Yes and no. In a perfect world, you would share your own content on your Facebook page and all of your followers would be like, yay, we see all of Amy and Desiree's content because so we obviously see everything that's posted on there, right? And we love to just see your stuff, and, and that's just not the way it works. Facebook isn't set up that way. And really, it kind of makes your page a little bit boring if you're just tooting your own horn all the time. Some people can get away with that, like BuzzFeed and HuffPo, because they have so much content that they're producing that it is very, it's varied, and it's, it's different, and it's diverse, and they can pump it out. They also have teams of, I'm assuming, hundreds of people that are writing content, creating videos. They must. And this. They must. <laughs> yeah, they have to. But if you are like us, you're just kind of a team of one or maybe just a few people. And so you have to mix it up on your page. And we're going to be talking about that. But that's the number one mistake, sharing your own content only. The number two mistake, and I see a lot of people doing this, and you know, it's not wrong, but it is not as successful as other things. And in the end, it will hurt you. And that is sharing images and then with a link. So you're sharing your image, your, you know, your square image or whatever, and then you're linking to a post or a sale or your shop or whatever it is that you do. This just doesn't work as well as we want it to be, as we want it to, because it looks great. It looks awesome to have the beautiful square image and a link and, you know, you've got all your information in there, but you're going to see like one or two likes, if at all, you're not going to see a huge on it. And we have found that those kind of posts just die in the water and no one ever sees them mm -hmm. again, unless right. you end up paying to boost them, et cetera. Which we'll talk about. Yes, exactly. So, we will tell you other ways to get around this. I'm not just going to tell you these are all the things don't do. We will get to it. Um, but that that's one that we see that just doesn't work as well as we all wish it did. Right. And by sharing images, we mean like you're using the upload image button, yeah. putting in an image, and then you're plopping a link into that, that, up, that text area or description area. Yes. Okay. Number three, hashtags. Facebook hashtags to me still are like, I don't know if anyone's really searching for hashtags on Facebook, but let me tell you this. I do know that when you put a hashtag in that description area on your, on an update on your Facebook page, it will almost immediately kill your post. 
So that is the next thing we want you to avoid. Exactly. If you want to use your hashtags, head on over to Twitter and Instagram where they are beloved and welcome. Right. But and we'll just, and we'll discuss if you have to have a hashtag, we'll discuss that um, in a second. All right. Number four, this is sort of like the hashtag thing. And again, it's something that you feel like you should be doing, but on your Facebook page, one thing that can kill you is tagging other pages. Seems really annoying, especially if you want to share something from another page and you want to say, hey, I got this from at BuzzFeed. But don't, because for whatever reason, it, again, will just die. We will talk again. This is sort of like the hashtag thing, too. If you need to tag something in it, say, if you're doing a post where you absolutely have to have a tag for whatever purpose, like a sponsored post kind of thing, then we will tell you how to hashtag and tag that afterwards. Just don't do it when you first upload whatever it is that you're uploading. No tags, no hashtags, no people, no whatever. <laughs> right. Number five, leaving big, ugly links with link posts. Okay. So this is kind of the, a pet peeve now that I see it all the time and I know better, <laughs> but a link post means that you're not uploading an image, but you are plopping in a link. And so it's Facebook is auto-populating all the info in an image underneath all that information. And what you may or may not know is that you can then delete the link that's in the text area, the description area, and that stuff will still stay at the bottom and it's still clickable and people can still check out your link. So one big mistake we see is people don't delete those links. They keep them in there and it just doesn't look as pretty. So we're going to brush on that more next. Number six, and this relates back to the link post thing is that sometimes you'll notice that if you pop in your link post into the little bar, it will auto populate a really crummy looking post with like some text on the side and a tiny little square image or sometimes no image at all. And you don't want to post that because it looks freaking terrible. Number seven, using YouTube video links versus using Facebook's native video tool. We have found that using Facebook's video tool actually will increase the reach on your page, which turns into more likes. We're going to be talking about the differences between these two types of videos and why we are doing more Facebook native videos on our page. Also, when you post a YouTube video, it doesn't autoplay when someone scrolls by it, but when you post a Facebook video to the native Facebook video, it will, it will start to play as someone scrolls over it unless they've gone and disabled that, but it will still show up nice and big and pretty. Whereas the YouTube videos just don't. They show up like that small square image like I talked about before. And someone, sometimes it doesn't even look like it's a video. Like you have to look hard to find the little play button. So it's not as awesome as the Facebook native video. So now that we've gone through all the mistakes, we're going to talk about how to fix those mistakes. Let's talk about remedies. Okay, let's, ju let's jump right in. Okay, the first thing, and this is brushing on the sharing your own content being a big mistake. What we have found is that sharing viral content or popular stuff on other Facebook pages on your own page really increases your reach. And it also really increases the interest that people have in your page because it mixes it up and makes your page more interesting. It's not just all about you, your product, or your articles, or whatever it is that you're selling. It, it mixes it up. It makes it a little bit more fun. And the best part is if you're already sharing a post that's done really well on Facebook, which we like to call Facebook juice, which is kind of a weird word, but that's what we like to call it. If it already has that good Facebook juice going and Facebook likes that post and then you share it on your page, you get to have some of that love too. And so you will notice if you start sharing BuzzFeed articles, that apply to your audience. So don't just share it and it has nothing to do with your audience or your customers. But you share something that's already popular online, you put it on your Facebook page, you'll notice that you'll start getting more likes than you are on your own stuff. And so you think, well, I don't want to give everyone else the love, but me, here's the, here's the thing. The more that you share other people's stuff, the farther your reach will go when you share your stuff. That's the whole idea. And so, Desiree, I don't know if you want to jump in on that because you are the master at finding great articles to share on Mark. So, so Desiree, I want you to jump in because you run 
the Facebook page for MomSpark. And where do you find content to share on our page? All right. So since, you know, the whole indie parent life means that you're often sitting in front of a computer and sometimes you're at a cafe and stuff like that. I, I often look like I'm not working at all because I'm just scrolling through Facebook pages. So I feel like <laughs> probably anyone in this little town I live in who has seen me at work just thinks that I slack off and look at Facebook all day because <laughs> a good That's chunk awesome. of my time is spent looking for good content. So what constitutes good content? It's not just like, you know, 10 likes and it's good. No, we're looking at stuff that has like 500 likes, 700 likes, 100,000 likes. You want to look at the number of likes and the number of shares. I found that those are sort of the best ways to gauge at how popular Facebook thinks a post is, especially shares. If someone's gone all the way to share it with their audience, Facebook's like, that is perfect. We like that. So look for things that have a ton of shares. You also want to find things that have a ton of shares on pages that have a ton of likes. And ton is my super specific number <laughs> for, <laughs> you know, it could be 60,000, it could be 100,000, it could be 2.2 million, it needs to be significant. So, well, I mean, this goes hand in hand too, because if you go to a page that has 1,200 likes, they're probably not going to have a post that has 700 shares, you know? So mm -hmm. you're gonna wanna look for pages that are more popular. Sometimes it means a little more mainstream, but depending on your particular niche for whatever it is that your business is, you're gonna find pages that are doing really well. Some examples are, of course, BuzzFeed, does really well. News sites do really well. Oddly, radio station sites do really well. Mm -hmm. um, for some reason, sometimes radio stations have, you know, 3 million likes on Facebook because they share a lot of cool viral content. So right. they obviously right. know what we do. If you're not really sure which Facebook pages in your niche are doing really well, go find the different websites and blogs and things that you know relate to your business and see how their Facebook pages are doing. It's going to take a little while for you to sort of build up a repertoire, but here's what I do. Every time I find a Facebook page that I know is really good, I make note of it and I add a little link into a folder in my bookmark bar, whatever it's called. I add it in there so that I can keep going back to it. So Board Panda is one that we share a lot on MomSpark and BuzzFeed and Babbel and PopSugar and, you know, stuff that relates with parenting and moms and women. And stuff that's going to make your audience react. You want people to have some sort of emotional reaction to the post that you're con that you're that you're sharing. You usually want this to be happy. Depending on your niche, maybe you want to be a little more controversial. But for Mom's Spark, we tend to stick to sort of the feel-good stuff and the like, the powerful sort of parenting messages, etc. But you want to stick to something that you know that your audience may like, comment, or share. That you're sort of you know, you're using that Facebook juice to get those posts going even further, and then your audience is pushing it even more beyond that. So you're posting something that's going to get a lot of reach, so it's going to get more likes than something that, you know, you maybe just posted from some site that isn't as popular. One other little tip that I will add in here is when I find something that I know is doing really, really well on Facebook, and I go to, you know, BuzzFeed's page, and it has 100,000 shares, and I'm like, cool, I'm going to share this bacon brownie whatever they've made i'm going to go to the time stamp on that post so you'll see it's like posted september whatever at the time i'm going to right click on that and i'm going to grab the link so copy link or you can just click on the timestamp and it will bring you up to just that post and you can take the link from the address bar then put that into your facebook page and then delete the link when it auto populates because it's going to populate it just as though you hit the share button then write your own little thing like, I can't wait to try this crazy recipe. I love bacon. And then you're going to either schedule it out or publish it right away. So why don't we do that instead of sharing it? We tend to see better results when you use the link. Instead of sort of duplicating the content, you're sharing the same post that is already doing well. Now, we've also seen that if you know a post is doing super well on Facebook, like if I go to HuffPo, and I find a cool news story that's gone crazy, and I can see on their page that their little Facebook share thing says it's been shared a million times, I feel pretty confident about sharing that link because I know it's done well on Facebook, even if I can't find it on Facebook. So don't worry a crazy amount about using the Facebook timestamp link if you can't find it. You can still use it from the page. We've still seen success with uh, stories like that. We just prefer to do it from the Facebook ones. Another 
way is that you can Google story and the name of the Facebook page, and you might actually find in Google that Facebook post or something that will lead you to it. So, and I hope that made sense. <laughs> yeah, I know this is confusing. This is why we're putting a post together because there's a lot of details and layers to this. Um, but I will say that if you were to use the actual blog post of wherever the source is coming from and not the Facebook post, it probably wouldn't be as it won't, it was not a bad thing to do that. We just feel more confident using the Facebook link, but in theory, it should still have the same Facebook juice because all going to the same place. Exactly. Awesome. Okay. The next thing um, we're going to brush on those link posts. Remember we said sharing and uploading an image and putting the link in is like, eh, doesn't Facebook doesn't really like to see that. Facebook really prefers to see a link post. It likes that the most. And if you're wondering what the heck is a link post, that's where you just put in the link. It auto populates underneath that. You can remove that link, put in whatever you want at the top, like, ooh, I want to try this recipe. All that yummy stuff stays at the bottom. But here's the thing. Sometimes it doesn't auto populate the way you want to. So aesthetically, it's not as pretty. Like maybe it's got the weird square image at the side, which is tiny, or it's bringing up an image that has nothing to do with the article, or it's a part of an image that it just doesn't look as pretty. Here's the great thing. You can replace those link share images with your own. And Desiree is like the master at this. And so I'm going to let her tell you the dimensions, how she does it, and how she makes it so beautiful. Thanks, Amy. Mm. So if we are sharing something from MomSpark and say we have a cool DIY and I want to show how to make this, um, we had like a cool Instagram felt purse, which was really popular. When I put that into Facebook, it looks terrible because it crops our nice pinnable image because none of the social media image sizes make sense for each other. They all are separate right. <laughs> conveniently. Um, so it would crop and it's like, you know, it says like, Instagram or like it, you don't see the whole word, you don't see the whole picture, and it's like, well, that looks like crap. I'm probably going to keep on scrolling through. So here's what I do. I go into Canva. You can use Photoshop or PicMonkey or your preferred photo editing whatever, and I make a custom image. Now, the size for that is 470 pixels width, 246 height. We'll have that in the show notes as well, or if you just Google what is the right size for a Facebook post, <laughs> you will find it. So 470 by 246. And then I just make a new one. And then I upload it after I've put the post in, not before I've scheduled it or published it. But when you upload your content, so I copy and paste the MomSpark post, the thing auto populates, it's giving me a weird crappy image, but then it says upload. There's a little box sort of in the middle bottom of where that photo will be that says upload. And you can click that and then upload your new image. So I go in and you can either add text to it or just do like a photo that's better cropped. You just want it to look really good so that someone doesn't scroll by because people really like the visually stimulating. And if it looks confusing, their brain is not going to, not going to wait. They're just going to carry on. So mm -hmm. we want to do something that, you know, catches the eye. So we did a recent one that was like healthy Halloween snacks. So I just did the picture in the background, a text overlay, you can play around with whatever works. We sort of do the same format with MomSpark. Other sites I do, we just do an image. We just make sure it's nice and cropped. Other sites, you know, have a question or like a little call to action on that part. It's just another way of getting your Facebook fans' attention so that they'll interact with your post. Because the more people like, share, and comment on your post, the better they will do. It's like exponential every single time. So you need right. another way to, to make people stop and look at it. If you so don't that little upload button go through that same debug process and try it again and it should come up for you yeah and um the reason why desiree is recommending canva over PicMonkey is that canva will actually save your work so that you can easily swap it out you don't have to resize you don't have to create a whole new thing each time and that yeah. way it makes the process faster or if you use photoshop you can do it the same way it keeps exactly. all of your layers so that you can just pop in a new image, change the text real quick, and then you've got a really fast image to put in there. And especially if you're doing this for your own blog and if you post every day or your own business and you're posting stuff every day, you want to have a system that is quick and easy and repeatable. You don't want to be creating a whole new thing 
every single time. Just it's torture. Don't do it to yourself. So that's why I like Canva because yeah, I can just go in, I can swap out the pictures, swap out the text, change the font, and it's totally new and I can save it again. Right. Awesome. Okay. And and in our blog post, we'll be able to really show you what we're talking about because it might be hard to visualize or go to the MomSpark Facebook page to kind of see a few of what we've done. Okay, next, the more you post, the better. And this goes against what you probably know about Facebook in the past. I was told years ago when I ran a Facebook page that we don't want to post too much because our readers will get overwhelmed with all of our postings. Uh, no, because not all of our readers are even seeing even a minuscule amount of what you're posting. So that's the thing. It's simple math, though we don't think of it this way. We think, oh, we don't want to annoy everyone. We're going to drive everyone crazy with all of our postings. Always remember, not every single one of your followers, not even close to every single one of your followers that like your page are seeing your stuff. So the more you post, the more people see your stuff. And when I say post a lot, I mean post as much as you can, mostly sharing other people's content and then sprinkling in your own content. We post every two hours, which we're going to go into next on how we schedule all that. But since we've been posting every two hours, 24 hours a day, we have seen such an increase in our reach. So I'm going to I think, I, I, think I just heard the audience pass out. I think I just heard I them all faint <laughs> in the background. What, what, um, and yeah, and, and the thing is, is we would like to eventually do every hour, but we haven't yet committed to that yet. So here's an, another sort of, I feel like a lot of people are going to be saying, oh my God, what do you mean post more? What do you mean post every hour, every two hours? Why would you do this? You'll be spamming your pages. You'll be overwhelming the feed. You'll be taking over. Here is the, the truth about it. You can't take over someone's feed. If you post it 100 times a day, you cannot take over the feed because the algorithm won't allow it. Mm-hmm. That's its job. That same pesky algorithm that stops people from seeing your post and sees, you know, you wrote share in your post and now it's not going to show it to people or you hit, you wrote hit like and, and then it's not going to show it to people. This same algorithm almost works for you in this sort of aspect because even if you post it over and over and over and over again, no one's going to see all of those posts. Even if you were to post 400 times a day, not a single person who likes your page is going to see 400 posts. Mm -hmm. Now, you might feel uncomfortable with posting more and more. So here's my rule of thumb. Post as much as you possibly can to the point where you feel like it's too much and then post a little bit more. (laughs) And so true. You will start to see such an increase. And now I'm not saying stick to your, the side of your Facebook page or stick to your phone and be posting all day because it's all you would ever do, which is why we're going to move into the number four thing you should do. Stick to a schedule. Yeah. So one of the things that we needed to figure out when we wanted to start posting every two hours was how do we organize this and make this more efficient? Because like Desiree said, we can't just be stuck to our computers all day or our phones all day. Oh, I found a new article. I got to share it right now. I got to share it right now. No, we have a very organized system in place, which is basically a spreadsheet that Desiree, that Desiree has that lists the time, the, the time of day that we post, which is every two hours. And, and we do all the even hours. I have no idea why, but that's what we do. And well, at least on central time, not for Desiree's time. But. They're uneven for me. <laughs> They're uneven for Desiree, but it doesn't matter. Uh, but, but we have a, a spreadsheet with all the times and then each day. And then when she finds something to schedule, she puts a little X in the box that shows that that's been already handled. And she will sit down and schedule several at a time not just go in every two hours because she would go crazy if she did that and does several days at a time so that it's scheduled out for a, you know, a long while. And then of course in there we're putting in, she's popping in new content as we create new content on the mom spark page. But most of what she's doing ahead of time is scheduling out those shares of other people's content, other Facebook pages, other fun stuff that is going to really make our page exciting. So Desiree, you jump in, you'd say, whatever I miss and how you keep track of everything. And, and also the stuff that we share that does really well, it's okay to share it again. So how do you keep track of that? Yes. Okay. So I have a spreadsheet and probably I'm just going to put a screenshot. I'll just show you exactly what I do. So you guys have it, or maybe I can 
I mean, it's a pretty simple little spreadsheet. It's just like a little calendar, but I can probably make something that you guys can download and just use for yourselves. And it just has Sunday through Saturday on the top. It has the dates underneath, so I know where I'm at. It has the times listed twice, actually. I have Central and then Eastern to keep my head straight. <laughs> and then I just put a little X. So right now I can look at it and go, oh, Tuesday, September 29th, I have, yep, the whole day scheduled. So the next day I'm going to go in and my next post will be scheduled on the 30th at 2 a.m. Central, 3 a.m. Eastern. And, you know, I just put a little tick in the box to say, to, to let myself know that I have scheduled that piece. It also helps having this whole weekly thing that if I see a cool post that's like relating to the weekend or a funny quote that's like, oh, thank God the weekend's here kind of thing, I can post it on Friday. I'll just schedule it ahead and mark it off in the, in the little calendar so I know that that's done. Like right now I have one scheduled for October 2nd at 7 p.m. Eastern because I knew I wanted that to post on a Friday evening. And you can get really particular about it. We also have a, a blocked off chunk where we post the original content from the site. So if you have a site where you're, you know, posting new content every day, or say you have a shop and you always post a cool sale on like Mondays and Wednesdays, block off that little bit in a different color and make sure that you always schedule those posts for those days. And then at any glance, you can see what you've got going on for the next week and you can even go beyond that. Now, as I mentioned with the MomSpark growth, that huge growth, and we're saying we posted every two hours. So when you go back to, uh, if you listen to the, the beginning of this, when I said that the other site I was working on had that, you know, 850 growth and then another 1350 once we started this plan, we're only posting on her page every four hours and still seeing that increase. And we're about to increase it to every two hours, just like we're about to increase MomSpark. So you don't have to commit to every two hours in the beginning to start seeing a difference. If you just committed to every four hours, then you're gonna to start to see a difference as well. So don't overwhelm yourself because if you overwhelm yourself, you're gonna stop doing it and consistency is what Facebook likes to see. If you you know, start every two hours, two hours, two hours for three days, then you're like, oh my God, I can't do this anymore. Then that could penalize you too because now Facebook has seen this wonky spike and they, they don't like unknown things. Facebook likes mm -hmm. things to be very particular. You're sort of, you're feeding the, the sleeping beast and you, you want this beast to stay nice and happy. You don't want to anger it <laughs> because then it punishes you. Our biggest, I don't know, I don't know what to call this. Our biggest sort of, yeah, this is, this is working. This is doing right. This is when we went to the, the last uh, blogging conference we went to, every single person who approached us was like, man, I see MomSpark stuff all the time, but not yeah. in a I see mom's work stuff all the time. They were like, I'm seeing your stuff all the time. I didn't used to. That right. is the best thing that we could have heard. I know. I mean, it know was, that it's out there. Yeah. So that, that was like confirmation that it was actually working and they weren't mm -hmm. saying that. And like, I see your articles all the time in that they were all seeing different stuff that we we're doing. So it's not like there's exactly. every article that we do, but we pop up in there enough that they get kind of a taste of a few different things. And that's exactly what we're trying to do. We're not overwhelming anybody, but people still know about us and see our stuff from time to time. And that's all that we could possibly ask for. Exactly. Awesome. So the more, the better stick to a schedule. Also, I don't know, Desiree, if you discussed this, but resharing stuff that's done well in the past. It's, oh yeah. I forgot do, about this part. Yeah. Okay. If you go into your Facebook page, like if you went in right now, you can go into the little insights part and you can click on, I'm just bringing it up as I say this. So I remember exactly what it, if you go into insights and you're going to see all your posts, you're going to see like your last five posts there. So if you click, see all posts, then click above the little reach. There's a little column that says reach a bunch of like orange bars underneath it. Click on that and it will sort them from most reach to least reach. Look at those posts that are getting the most reach. Don't look at the ones that are getting the paid reach. That'll be in a darker color of orange. You want to look at the posts that are getting the most organic reach. Go back and share them again. So if I see one here that has, oh, 23,000 reach, perfect. I'm going to go back and go, okay, well, that was shared last in, you know, March. Okay, I'm totally confident to share that again. Share it again. Because the people who are new to your page now haven't seen it yet. Not everyone saw it the first time, but it did have a good reach. So stick with that. So you see this other one, it's like, oh, this cool recipe, 15,000. Okay, I'm gonna share that again with like a new quote in a new way, but click on that post, 
click on the timestamp again and share the exact same post, the same way that you would have done it if you're getting it from another Facebook page. Keep giving it the same link because it goes, oh, I already like that one. Shares it away. Like mm -hmm. Facebook likes the familiar. It likes to know that it already dug that post. So then share it again. Right. So nothing wrong with doing that. I wouldn't do nope. it, you know, every week, but throw it back in once in a while. It would probably get the same amount of love that it did the first time. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Here's the next one that we want to share. When we were talking about YouTube videos versus Facebook videos, and this is really tricky because especially if you are, are big on YouTube and obviously you can monetize on YouTube using Google ads. And so you're like, I don't really want to upload my entire video to Facebook, to Facebook's native video thing, because I'm losing money. Okay, here's a different way to look at it. And for one, I think Facebook is working on a way to monetize those videos. But anyway, that's not here yet, but does have its own video tool. They are more likely to show your video to your audience. And we know this firsthand because we started doing this back in June. And when Can we I tell start... you the big jump in numbers? <laughs> yes, please do. Okay, we started sharing a weekly video on MomSpark back in June, and you're, you're just sticking to like short videos here, short videos that people are like, whoa, love it, click, yeah. share, like. We, when we first started doing this, in less than two weeks, we saw a jump of 10,000 likes more than 10,000 likes in the first two weeks after two doing weeks. this. We sort of caught this magic moment, I think, of, you know, we had been sharing the viral content. We've been getting more and more likes. We've been building up. You can see this lovely diagram when you look at our graph. Then as soon as we hit that video, because it was already showing our post to more people, that video took off. It was like an instant hiya. Mm -hmm. And now when we're sharing them each week and going back and sharing previous videos, we have a nice collection that we can keep sharing. Now, if you are saying, well, I'm not a blogger and I'm not sharing how to make, you know, waffles or something like that, how, how am I going to do that? What kind of video can I share? You need to share any video that is going to catch someone's attention right away. That's fun. That's emotional. You don't want it to be like a movie. No one sits on Facebook and watches a 10-minute anything. You want it to be quippy. You want it to be shareable. And a little trick, if you want to use it as a little preview for a longer video, you can do that. So if you've posted a really cool, like you do, you wanted to do like a big tour, you're a real estate agent, you did like a cool tour of a house, and you want someone to watch that whole video, what you can do is make a shorter 20-second video that's like the coolest parts of the house, even if it's like a slideshow, anything that's uploaded as a video is going to get more reach. So if you're showing like, you know, the pool, the awesome kitchen, this gorgeous wallpaper, all this stuff, then you can share that little video and then add a link so that people can see your longer video. I just would never post a, a YouTube link in Facebook anymore. And I've discouraged a lot of our clients from doing the same thing. And we've seen way more success with using the Facebook native videos. And so what some of the YouTubers have done is they will create a native video in Facebook that's a teaser to the YouTube video. Exactly. And, and so at the end of the Facebook video, you can add a call to action button, which can then people can link out to watch the full video, which you can lead them to YouTube or you can, we, for ours, we create, I mean, in case you don't know, if you don't follow the page, we create very short, a minute or shorter recipe videos and DIY videos. And at the end of that video, I will have the link to the post on MomSparks blog page. And I was think, you know, when I first started doing this, I thought, well, I don't know how many people are actually going to click through. It gets a lot of click throughs, especially if the video is doing really well, you get a lot of traffic, which turns into money. If you are monetizing your, your website blog, or if it's a product page, you might be selling products that way. So that call to action button on Facebook, it's to me, that's the money maker right there. And also exactly. you're increasing your reach on your Facebook page, which means people are more people are seeing your stuff. You're getting more likes. People are just seeing more of your stuff. And you've also added fun, interesting content that is easily shareable. So like Desiree said, it doesn't have to be food. It doesn't have to be DIY. It can be you just demonstrating something that's really quick, fast, and interesting. 
just keep it quick for for Facebook. Exactly. And you don't have to, you know, if you're saying, well, I don't create videos, I don't want to link to a longer video, I don't want to do a longer video, your computer probably has a fancy little camera in it, or your iPhone has a lovely camera in it that you can hold up. If all you want to use the video for is, you know, say I have a really cool retail store, and I'm not going to take a whole video on my whole store, but we just got a new, you know, line of cat-shaped salt shakers, and we're like, we're really excited about these. I'm going to hold my phone up, or I'm going to record a quick video that's like, guys, we've just got this awesome, cool shipment. Come and check out the shop. They're on sale now, 25% off. Here's your, what, you know, say whatever, get people excited, but use a video because more people are going to see that than if you just posted a link to the product page of the brand new cat-shaped salt shakers, which now I kind of want. Does that exist? (laughs) (laughs) And that's the thing. Like if you are a business and you're showing your face and your personality, people like to see that person behind the page, behind the business, behind the brand. And so you are personalizing the experience. It doesn't need to be a polished, edited, beautiful video. It can literally be just your smartphone video or your webcam or whatever. So experiment with it. Another thing that, you know, all these things that we're talking about, you might need to tweak a little bit for your audience. Just tr- it's trial and error. It was for us too, especially on what your audience wants to consume and what they don't want to consume. You'll figure that out. Just don't get, get discouraged. Just keep at it. Also, you reminded me of something when you said you're going to make mistakes and you're going to have to tweak things. Yeah. Never delete a Facebook post. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's a good one. <laughs> if you see a post, if you've made a typo, that's what the edit button is for. If you posted a link and it didn't look as pretty, no one's going to see it anyways. Just leave it and carry on and post something else and just forget that moment ever happened. Do not go back and delete it. We had a client for our social kits business or the social media marketing business that May and my partner own. We had a client who had accidentally gone back and they had posted something and it didn't look quite right. And so they took it off and they posted something else and they took it off. So we'd seen this awesome success with this client and up and up and up and it dropped. It just like hit rock bottom one day. And we were thinking, what on earth is this? And then we got it out of them that he, he's like, Oh, I went, I was trying to make a post about this, but I couldn't do it. I had to delete like five posts. And I was like, Oh no, <laughs> because mm. it took about a week. No, maybe two weeks to get back to where we had been. Because Facebook's like, oh, look at you deleting all this crap. <laughs> nope, I'm not going to show you to anyone. You're just screwing stuff up. If it's terrible and looks terrible, it, it's fine. Just let it go. No one will see it. Post your next post above it that will look beautiful and just, just get on with the show. Do not delete it. Yes, that's a very good tip. So one thing that we haven't talked about yet are text-only updates with no image, no link, just text. And the great way to use that to your advantage is to ask a question on your Facebook page. Because, and this is so great, because this gets your audience, your your followers, it gives them some kind of power to participate. So they're not just reading your stuff and maybe commenting, they can actually contribute something to your page. So about once a week or so, we will post a question to our page, which is usually a question that's submitted by one of our readers. So it's usually about parenting or I guess it's usually about parenting, Desiree. I know that you post a lot of those, you you take those submissions. Can you share a little bit about the kinds of questions that we ask? Yeah, I mean, for our page, it makes sense that people are asking sort of parenting stuff or mom stuff or family stuff. So, you know, we'll get a reader submission and they're like, you know, I can't get my kid to stick to a bedtime. Like every night it's all over the place. Can you give me some advice? So then I'll take that post and I'll say, hey, Mom Spark fans, like, do you have any advice for our reader? And then we'll post that. And they usually get a lot of interaction, which is awesome because people want to help. People love being a part of a community. People love being heard. And the more they're commenting, the more that post is shown. So you're getting that interaction by asking that question, helping someone in your community, and letting people be heard, which is what they love. Now, there's sort of two ways to do this. The way that we do it is with text-only posts. So I sort of do like in caps at the top, it's like a question from our fan, and then the question, like, can you help them out? I've seen other people do it too, where they just post an image, like today is what, National Coffee Day or something? So it's like, you know, dark roast, light roast, and you just have a picture and that and some text, but no link. Just don't put a link in it. Just use it as 
original content. And those don't tend to go as far as the viral content from other sites. But again, but if you're sharing a lot of the viral content from other sites, then all of the original stuff that you're doing is going to do better than it would have had you not been sharing the viral content. Does that make sense? So yeah, so do you feel like it's best to use a graphic for your question or to just have a text update? I think it depends on your audience. I think yeah. you have to gauge, you know, like if you are a cafe and you're going to, you know, post your picture of your coffee, like do that. For ours, it's it might be distracting. Like I'm, I don't know if I would just post a, like a stock image or something, but I think if the, if a photo makes sense, then do it. And again, just test it out. Just don't put a yeah. link in those posts because they tend to yeah. not do as well. Right. It's the link really that, that kills it right away um, yeah. with the image. Awesome. Okay. So what's next, Desiree? Boosting posts. We get asked about boosting posts and Facebook advertising a lot. We're not going to go into Facebook ads today because I feel like that needs to be a whole yeah. other podcast. So we'll talk about boosting posts. I have seen, you know, we've taken on clients who have been boosting every single post. They throw $5 under every single post willy-nilly, no thought about it. They just boost them because they feel like that's how they get seen. Okay. Your posts will get more reach if you just hit boost okay on every single one. But A, that is a waste of money. B, you're not targeting anyone. So you're not getting your content to the people who it should be getting to. And C, you're going to, well, C, you're wasting money again. I'm just, <laughs> that's just <a> <laughs> You need to strategically boost those posts. So what kind of posts do we boost? So on MomSpark, we really don't boost that much. But, that if, but if we were to boost something, we would never do it right out of the gate, for one, because the whole idea is to get a little bit of reach out there first and then boost it. And if you're doing things right in your system, like everything that we're talking about, you probably don't need to boost very often because you're already getting great reach and engagement. But if I were to boost something on our page, it may be a giveaway that we're doing just so it reaches more people beyond who just like the MomSpark page. And we may boost new content, although I rarely do it anymore. I really do. I feel like if you're doing everything right on your page, you don't need to boost. And our videos, I've never had to boost at all. Mm -hmm. I will talk a little bit to what, how we boost with our clients and our clients are everything from, we have some who are just bloggers. We have car dealerships and, you know, hospitality industry and retail, and it's all over, it's all over the board. So we boost posts. And I think that this is important. We boost posts that have the potential to make money. Mm -hmm. So we boost things that are important. Like if we had a big sale coming up. If we had a big event coming up, if we had something like that, if there's a promotion, if there, it's something that has to be tied to the fact that you might make money after it. I think that that's important. Now, I will also say that sometimes when we have original content that, you know, we need to give out that's like, you know, for a giveaway or some sort of like, well, lead generation would still be with the potential to make money. I just think it's important that you aren't just throwing out money on posts expecting all this crazy feedback because if you're just paying for the reach that's not worth it to you what does that reach do are they going to a post or on a website that you need traffic for are they is it so that they're going to sign up for a newsletter are they going to like there has to be a monetary something on the end of that that could happen so if you're if i'm boosting a post for the, the car dealership so they'll do like a big promotion and we boost out to people who are in the right demographic, the right geographic area, and we make sure that that is seen. And we have clients who spend a great deal on Facebook advertising with a significant success. We don't do all of those posts as boosts. Again, some of them are Facebook ads, but when we boost stuff, we still make sure that we're targeting as specifically as you can, because you can't target as well with a boosted post as you can with an ad, but we still make sure it's going out to the right age, the right area, because it makes no sense for me to, you know, to target all of Canada when the car dealership is here. <laughs> right. So we just have to be a little more deliberate because this is, it's your money. Don't waste your money on something that can't make you money. 
Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think that probably the number one mistake, which we probably should have put this in the mistakes, is boosting it right out of the gate. I don't, yeah. I don't ever do that anymore. I used to, and it just doesn't seem to go. Your your dollars don't go as far. Your reach well, doesn't go as far. Well, just give it a chance to do well on its own. Right. You know, maybe exactly. you don't need to boost it. Maybe it's going to get a million likes, and you'll be fine. And I think that most people think, oh, if it has low engagement, that's the one I should boost. But really, if you boost the ones that already have a lot of engagement, your dollars will go really far. And a lot of people don't think of it that way. They just look at it as a way to just get it, you know, up to where everything else is. And that's not necessarily going to be the best investment. Yeah. Okay. So this is the last the last remedy that we're going to talk about. And it's going back on the hashtags and tagging in a post because we mentioned you may have to tag another page or you may have to add a hashtag per a client's request. It might be in your contract and even though they may not know that it's actually hurting the post. But what we recommend doing if you absolutely have those things in your post on your Facebook page is to go ahead and post it without a tag and without a hashtag. Let it run for a while and then go back and edit it to to have all those requirements. And maybe you do all that before you even send it over to the client so there's no, hey, you didn't tag the Facebook page. You didn't add the hashtag. Do all that. Let it, you know, go for a little bit. Then add it later. It's an easy fix. And it's still not probably going to go as far as if you didn't have any tags or any hashtags. But, hey, if you're hired to do a, a task, you do the task. But this is just a more creative way of not killing your post right out of the gate. Exactly. So we started this last season and uh, we're going to do homework at the end and it's fun homework and it's easy homework. And now that we have a blog up, you'll always be able to find the homework or handouts and whatever it is on the site. Today's homework relating to Facebook is you are going to go and you're going to find just five pages with a lot of likes, a lot of interaction and engagement and you're going to write them down or copy and paste them somewhere that relate to your niche so that you have the beginning of your repertoire of page to pull content from and I want you to find ones that relate to your niche in a way that adds value for your fans. Thank you so much for listening to episode one of our second season of the Indie Parent Podcast. So if you finish that homework, feel free to share pictures or whatever you want to do on Twitter and Instagram, et cetera. Not Facebook, no hashtags over there using hashtag Indie Parent. And once again, be sure to go to theindieparent.com, which now links to our beautiful new website and blog. Come and check out the blog, check out the podcast, subscribe on iTunes, leave a review. We love when you guys share us, and thank you so much for all of the awesome feedback that you've left already. It's really humble that you guys are even listening, let alone getting something out of this and loving it. So I hope this episode rocks your world and that you can go forth and conquer Facebook today. We are on every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Have a great week. Bye.